no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Essentials. On today's show, we break down our burning questions entering Veterans Minicamp and much, much more. A-Dub, what's the good word, my guy? Man, I'm good, Prez, man. It ain't about me today, man. It's about you. What's, what's about me? What I do? What I do? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just go home and say this, man. Happy belated birthday to you, my brother. Happy belated birthday. I appreciate you, Dub. I appreciate you, man. I had some uh, some R and R over the weekend, so it was good. Much appreciated. Felt good. Now we back in this damn. I tell you one thing, Dub. Whenever you take a couple days off, and you know this, you're feeling all good, and then Monday morning rolls back around for work, and I'm just like, I forgot every good vibe that I had over the weekend, bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what work can do to you, man. I appreciated the man. Through so many people hit me up, man. It felt good. You know, I'm very low-key about that kind of stuff. So it was just kind of funny for me. You know, I didn't even bring it up really, you know, to the audience. That was my birthday. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting all these people hitting me up. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, we're trying to pass <laughs> out here in, this, in these streets. <laughs> yeah, it does. Don't take long, man. No, for real. Hey, man, appreciate you, brother. Have, everything good on your end? Oh, yeah, everything good, man. I'm feeling good, Prez. Looking good, too, baby. <laughs> uh, I like it. Yeah, talk that talk, dude. Talk that talk. I mean, yeah, he- my man say he feel good and looking good. That's for the ladies <laughs> out there. Y'all heard him. <laughs> hey, man, I've been working hard in the gym, bro. You know, you and I have been talking a lot about that, man, going hard in the gym, man. And lately, I've been getting in there, friend. So I'm feeling oh, good about that. Oh, shit. Yeah, Dub over there feeling himself for them summer vibes coming. <laughs> summer Dub. <laughs> yes, sir. Watch out now. Watch out now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this episode, man, because for somebody that hasn't probably had many good vibes lately is your boy Matthew Nagy. Now, he made his first public comments since the Bears fired him. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that scenario with Matthew. Because, I mean, we've talked about him a lot on this show, man, for somebody that's gone. But I think that this is appropriate to talk about this news, at least. Oh, yeah, it's appropriate now. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. He talked about his life experiences, right, playing, playing, well, coaching the Bears, about dealing with the offense, the defense, special teams, players in general, prayers. He did learn a lot. I give him that. He learned a lot, man, because there's a lot to learn. When it comes down to that process, you've never done it before. So he took his lumps on the head, had a good, decent year in 2018. The rest was history. After that, things yep. kind of went downhill. But overall, man, you know what? It is an experience. So I will give him that. Yeah, because to your point, I think he probably underestimated how many different hats he was going to have to put on. But I think that was also part of his problem. And I'm not going to get off into too many things about Matt Nagy. But, you know, we talked about it. The guy wanted to do so many different things. He should have delegated more. And I hope that he take this as a learning experience and realize, okay, fine, you know what? Didn't go the best way, it didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. If he gets another opportunity in the future, hopefully he learns from this opportunity, you know what I mean? Learns from the opportunity in Chicago, he dub and grows from it, you know what I mean? And that's what it's about right there, Chris, learning from the past experience. You hit it on the head, man. One of the key things he definitely had to learn is how to delegate. That was something they struggled with going uh, in Chicago. But salute to Andy Reid for, you know, extending him, you know, giving him an opportunity to keep his name out there and, you know, in the, in the coaching ranks. 
and that's not a bad situation to end up in, you know, coaching Patrick Mahomes, who I'm sure Matt Nagy's fired up about, you know, working. Good system, a good coaching uh, with Andy Reid. I mean, he's in a good situation, Perez. So hopefully he learned a couple of things, you know, uh, what he didn't know in Chicago and take that and take his game and take his um, coaching to the next level. And, you know, we we got our jokes off about Nagy. And, and, I, and I told you, Nagy, the, the person, listen, man, I got, I, obviously, we, we didn't really meet him. We, we kind of had, we kind of yelled some words to him a couple of times at, at Howard's Hall. But Matt Nagy, the coach, was the guy that bothered me. I didn't, Nagy, the person, I wasn't with the booing him, if it's him with his son and all that stuff. I thought that right. shit was weird behavior. But I'm just glad that we could turn the page here. We got a new coach here in Chicago. We got a fresh start. Justin Fields feels pretty good about everything. So that's really what I'm happy about. Now, you know, people are going to continue to give him a little grief because he, and you want to call it failed miserably, kind of failed pretty bad here man, the yeah, last few years. Yeah. So they're going to continue to bring Chicago up for him. But Chris, we move on, man. We got a different team here, different regime. It's about now. Yeah, because when you look at how we talked about the new regime, Matt Eberflus and his approach to how he does things well, you see the reports that came out, A-Dub, and the, the NFL is already tapping the, the Bears on the shoulder, like, hey, what y'all doing? Because <laughs> hey, he's trying to, he's like, I want to get some competitive shit going. He had a lot of practice out there. They're like, uh-uh, what you doing, bro? What you doing? Right, like, are you doing too much, man? Hey, slow it down, slow it down over there. But you know, man, even if it's like you're saying, Prince, he's on a mission right now. He's like, look, I'm not taking no days off. We're trying to win, man. The way to win is get a head start. And I think maybe Eberflus may have went too fast on some things. Yeah, listen, they, they were given a warning, like, hey, y'all need to alter some things. So somebody <laughs> says something. Somebody says something. <laughs> yeah, I want to snitch, man, yeah. They didn't alter the practice, and that's when the NFL Player Association got involved. So right. you know what that means, they dub. That's one of the players says something. <laughs> I wonder if it's one of the vets. I don't know, man. I'm kind of wondering right now, friend. They look like it's too early in the game for all this shit now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the, the practice today got wiped off the, uh, off the deck. Yeah, that kind of sucked, though, but I get it, man. It is what it is. Because obviously fans and listeners and audience, if you guys didn't know, any sort of meaningful contact is not allowed into actual training camp. So even Flus, man, he's trying to – man, I, you know what? I can't even be mad at him. I can't even be mad at him. Bro, look at our team last season, man. We, I, I have no problem with our coach wanting to get it in and get a little juices flowing out there. I have no problem. I'm not. Go ahead and test the waters out. Yeah, but, you know, you got to be careful because, like you said, this NFL, you know, this is a player's league. Yeah. So you got to be careful because, obviously, somebody says something to the players. <laughs> you know hey, I mean? guys. Exactly. Guys, like, I'm not trying to get hurt this early in the season. And even the season ain't started. It's the all season. Well, yeah, because, you know, a lot of, during this part of the season, man, they're supposed to be coasting into things, right? It's supposed to be like yeah. we were talking about a lot of mental things. And Matt Eberflus is like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Who ready? It got going. And then you know somebody had to snitch and say, "Look, hey, this is too much right now." But at the end of the day, first, I'm with you, man. I got no problem with it, though, really. But I tell you one thing, man. That gets me excited for Hallis Hall training camp because if he's already trying to sneak in some live contact now, imagine how those practices going to be this summer. Right, right. And the good thing too, Perez, I don't mind a coach trying to bend the rules a little bit, man, in favor of the team. I think it was in favor of the team who was trying to do it. Any advantage you could get, you utilize it. Okay, so the NFL slapped them on the wrist. They lost the practice. Okay, cool. Right. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm sure there was some valuable evaluation that he was trying to get out of there. He was trying to get an early look at his team. You know, on this episode today, audience, I wanted to really break down with you guys a little bit more on Justin Fields. One of the biggest questions that anybody in this fan base is really paying attention to this season, A-Dub, is 
can Justin Fields break out in year two? Now, we all talk about, like, oh, Justin Fields has all this potential. Oh, but he don't have the receivers. Oh, the offensive line is this. Oh, we'll talk about Luke Getty. But on this episode, A-Dub, I wanted to really take a critical eye into what this team and organization could do to ensure that Justin Fields breaks out because we know he has the talent, A-Dub. Yes, and sir. that, to me, I thought those lumps that he took last season – it's probably why you see this guy busting his ass so much. I mean, Justin Fields is already a hardworking guy, but you yeah. have to realize that he's got all the motivation in the world, the biggest chip on his shoulder, and he don't like the way things went last season, his rookie year, he don't. No, he don't, man. It was a total disaster in that season. This can't be right. You know, we kind of set this kid up for Phil. So let's, let's just talk about it real quick. So when you want to look at different ways of how the quarterback can be successful here in 2022, I think what we got to really look at is Luke Getze. So with Matt Nagy, we know that Matt Nagy was a creative, innovative guy. He was just a shit play caller. Right. So with Luke Getze, what we're really banking on here, A-Dub, is not only has he developed a quarterback-friendly system for Justin, but is Luke Getze going to be the play caller that Justin Fields needs? And I think that is one of the things that people really have to focus on. You know what I mean? Really have to yeah. focus on. Oh, that's a huge part right there for his play calling. <laughs> so we play calling last year was just all over the place, and we didn't know what the hell was really going on. And for that matter, it, it's all about setting the kid up for success when you're making the bad play calls and calling the wrong plays. I think in addition to that, Perez, it's about us getting the most out of our running backs. Because I think when our running backs do very well, Perez, that light the load up for just the fields to be effective. So how effective are you going to uh, – how, how much is – um. You know, Montgomery and Herbert going to play, man, how big a role they're going to play, pivotal role. Because I think last year, both of those guys were underutilized. Oh, criminally underutilized. Or if there was a game where uh, David Montgomery was utilized in one half, then we went away from him in the second half. So it was just like, it was just no rhyme or reason, you know. And that was one of my problems. I'm not going to get off into Nagy again, but I just thought that when we did run the football, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And I think for this upcoming season, yeah. They have to run the ball with a purpose, right? Right. And for me, I would love to see more play action with a guy like Justin Fields. Because yeah. what that's going to do here in this office, when you got guys like Pringle, when you got guys like your boy Money Moon, Fellas Jones, that's going to open up that opportunity for him to take those deep shots. And we talk about Justin Fields with that deep ball accuracy, A-Dub. That yeah. is really what we want to see. The thing is, you can't get that to work effectively, right? Those RPOs, those deep balls, if we're not running the football the right way, right? If we run the football and let Montgomery do his thing, you know, and boom, a bomb going down the field, man, where Justin Fields is set up for success to play towards his strength. Audience, now I know a lot of you guys may not be aware of this, but if you look at Justin Fields' numbers for last season, when he threw the ball from play action type of looks, he was more of efficient. He was more of an efficient passer as opposed to when they just had him just back there in the package in the, in the pocket, dropping back. So my whole thing is that is going to allow for this offense to be more explosive. And, all, and overall, you're going to see Justin playing with a little bit more confidence if they do that. So I think A-Dub, that was a good point of talking about that running game because we need to run the ball to open it up for those deep shots to take it down the field. I want to see Justin be able to have that confidence out there on the field because we only saw it as small little glimpses last year. Yeah. And that, that was unfortunate. And you think about this whole thing with Justin Fields, you hit a good point about him being, you know, uh, being in a good position. I think you're right, man. Take a lot of pressure off of him and not let the guy get so many hits. So I think those hits add up, right, Press, We seen this kid take too many hits last season, and that can do something to your mental, right, your mental psych, man. And um, 
I wonder about that part. As long as we can keep Justin Fields in control, press, you know, within himself, I think we are setting him up for success. Think about how many times last season the teams had to fear Justin Fields and his legs. So obviously, audience, we already know Justin Fields is an athletic quarterback, dual threat. But when I'm talking about using his legs, there's times though that he have to give he would give the defense a dub a little something to think about, right? Right. He probably didn't even plan on running because there was a play I remember last year where he kind of drew a defender in and he threw it to Darnell Mooney at the last second for like a, a, a deep, like little, uh, not a touchdown, but a deep first down. It was like a 30-yard play. Those are the type of plays that I think can happen in his offense if they just get Justin Fields out on the run a little bit more. I think that's right. going to be really cute, huge for us. Yeah, I'm with you, Braves. I think with him sitting in the pocket a little bit too much may not be the key. <laughs> and with you, that part of it, it does help Justin Fields. That's part of his stretch, right? Getting that key on the move. He either can run it or he can throw it. So he is, like you said, that kind of a threat. So I'm with you. Yeah, and think about in that week eight game against the 49ers when he threw on the run to Jesse James. So we know that Justin is very accurate on the run. And that's something that I really hope that we see a lot of in this Luke Getzey offense. And that was something that we didn't see enough of in the last system. So the things that we're talking about here, audience, these aren't earth-shattering things. These are very simple, basic things that they could be doing. And I really hope that these are things that we see next season because you have to get that ground game going, but you have to run with a purpose. Open it up yes, for the play action, right? Right. But then also, too, let Justin utilize his skill set. If you got a guy with those type of tools, we need to use everything in that guy's toolkit. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> use everything in that toolkit, man. And that's the one thing we've seen. You talk a lot about this, Perez, is this time level. You can't coach that, man. You can't teach that, man. That's just natural born gift you, that they got that the kid has, man. And I think we get some of that going, Perez, and get them confident with it. Hey, man, that, that sky's the limit, Perez. Another thing, too, just from looking at film. So I broke down a lot of film on Justin Fields from the previous season because you know, there's so much chatter out there from all these different people that will blame Justin. They'll say, oh, I don't think Justin's going to make it to the next level and this and that. But they don't really watch the film. They don't really watch what's going on out there. People watch highlights and they think that they got the whole picture. No, you got to break down right. the all 22. You got to really look at what's going on out there in the field. And one of the things that I noticed with Justin Fields, just an observation, when he's got pre-snap motion going, and a lot of times it would be either Mooney, you know, or, or you know, you'd be good when a guy like that going the most. Good for a quarterback like that because that kind of gives him the opportunity to kind of see the field a little bit. It mm -hmm. kind of gives that option a little bit of room to work, you know, a little bit ahead of state. When you got a guy like Justin Fields, it makes that drop back a little bit easier for him, right? He's got an option that's already on the move. You know what I'm saying? It kind of gives him an option, kind of just predetermined to kind of be identifying and looking at. But it also gives the defense a reason to shift last second. And I think that that's something that I would like to see a little bit more of to kind of get the offense moving, kind of do a little bit more, th do more things pre-snap. Because you don't want to de the defense to just be sitting there and not giving them anything to think about before the ball gets snapped. The other thing about that motion piece, Perez, it gives Justin Fields a, a, a chance to see what the defense, what the setup is, right? What what kind of defense they're in. And I think it gives him a chance to say, you know what, if I want to run this play, do we need the audible out, right? And that's something that him and Getsy can talk more through, right, about giving that option to audible. As I mentioned a second ago, A-Dub, that motion, man, it creates a really favorable matchup, right? Because yep. now you got a guy that's moving in space. It's disruptive to the defense. But when you look at Justin Fields last year on film, Man, it took me oh, many weeks, Adele, when I was looking at the All-22 of, like, 
man, we don't have many dropbacks from Justin where he has somebody going to motion. But when you look at some of the best offenses in the NFL, E-Dub, the Chiefs, the Bucks, yeah. those offenses, they have tons of motion going. And so it's, it was kind of criminal that Justin Fields played in the system where that didn't happen. And that's what you talk about again, Press playing to his strengths, right? And when you got that kind of thing going on, it helps Justin Fields. And again, that's just something we lacked in last season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I guess, though, the only other thing that I can think of in addition to the motion is just utilizing the weapons, right? When you got a Vellis Jones, you got a Darnell Mooney, you already talked about the running game with Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. I mean, there's so many weapons here within this offense. I know some people, we talked about it in the last episode, they may not agree with us, but I don't think that this offense is going to be as bad as it is. They have pieces. They have things to work yeah. You know, you just got to have a system in place. It, to me, it's all about scheme and a system that makes sense. We're forgetting that, to me, I think Komet can be a big part of this offense, Perez. We, he's been underutilized as well. I think that's enough for him. If you watch and see with him going to Titan University, all this stuff, man, yep. this kid is showing his ability to get better, Perez. And when you're not talking about reshaping his entire body. I want to give him a chance, man, because we haven't we have not done that. And I'll tell you one thing. I mean, that's a good call out, A-Dub, because Cole Komet, I think, is going to be really key in this system. And I know a lot of fans, they were talking about Cole last year not getting separation, and they were saying that, hey, man, this guy is probably not going to be the, the tight end that we thought that he's going to be. I also think a lot of that had to be the way that the guy was utilized. You yeah. Because there's, there's ways you can scheme a guy open. And Nagy, with his first year his system, he was scheming guys open. But for some reason, we saw fewer and fewer of those opportunities. We saw a lot of Trubisky. We saw a lot of Foles. We saw a lot of Justin throwing it to really tight windows. And we got to eliminate that. Absolutely, Perez. We definitely got to eliminate that part of it. Because I think if you get Camille on the move, Perez, he can get a little bit of a separation, Perez. And, and, and matter of fact, he's a big guy. He's not a small guy, man. Put the ball up there and catch it, you know. He got some good hands, too. He can take contact. Why not use that, man, that physicality? But also, the guy doesn't go down easily. We, we talked about the fact yeah. that the guy's tough, right? Get him right. the ball in space. Let him make some moves. Let him make people miss. He's not an easy guy to tackle. I mean, there's been times where you see like four or five guys trying to bring Cole Komet down. And I just want to see a little bit more of this guy. This guy's now in his third season. You talked about what he's going to be doing more in the tight end you. Getting that work with a Travis Kelsey and a George Kittle and some of these top tight ends in the NFL. I'm excited to see that he's going to be able to soak that knowledge in because that's going to be another component of how I think Justin Fields is going to have a security blanket and an athletic tight end. Exactly, Chris. I believe this is his second year going through tight end university, right? Yep. So it's like, hey, this guy's trying to get better. He's trying to show us, like, look, I'm taking advantage of all the opportunity to get better. So why not put some of that knowledge to test, Chris? And I think we may have lacked on utilizing that knowledge last season. Oh, I mean, that's a fair point. And the only other thing, I guess, A-Dub, when it comes to, like, just things that I think that they can use or they, things that can help Justin have that breakout year that we all feel like he can have here in 2022, think about what everybody said about Justin coming out of school. What was the biggest knock on him? People say he wasn't able to read defense. Honestly, I thought that that was kind of unfair because anybody that watched, anybody that watches college football, if you looked at that Ohio State system, that was a complex offense. And... I kind of thought that their passing game had a lot of complexities in it. So I kind of thought it was unfair to say that the guy couldn't read defenses, right? Last season, what I saw with Justin is that he held on to the ball too long. Correct. When we talked about this offseason, how they're talking about Justin is cleaning up his mechanics. 
He's going to have a higher release point, right? I thought that was more of a thing with Justin that he needs to work on than the people talking that bullshit about him with reading, with reading um, NFL defense. More also just even keeping them in rhythm, right? Keeping this kid in rhythm by making those quick passes. I think that was the more of the biggest concern with them, really holding that ball a little bit too long than anything else. The reading the defense, I think he had a good grasp of it throughout the season. But yeah, overall, was just holding that ball because he took too, way too many hits. But see, one other thing that people don't talk about when you talk about the fact that Justin held on to the ball in college, because what I was bringing up about how complex that offense was in Ohio State, they yeah. had a lot of plays that took a long time to develop, which is True. why he was holding on to the ball. So he's holding on to the ball because he's letting things play out. But see, yeah, in the NFL, yeah. you don't have the – well, unless you're Aaron Rodgers, you don't really <laughs> have that – you don't really have that uh, luxury. And even no, see with Aaron Rodgers – He's getting that shit out three seconds or less now at this point in his career. <laughs> and our offensive line last season wasn't that good at all. So I know Justin Fields waiting for the place to develop. You're right, Chris. They just, we didn't have the time. You don't have the time, man. You got to go. You got to go. You gotta... What I even saw with Justin Fields with the Bears offense is those times when they did have those type of long development plays where, again, he had time to kind of make things happen with his legs. He had time to kind of move around the pocket and let plays develop. We saw things happen. So right. my thing is, just don't have the guy sitting back there in the in the pocket like a like a damn sitting target. Get him out <laughs> on the move, right? Let him yep. use that athleticism and let him let the plays develop. If that's how you're going to do that, you know and what I mean. Think, but but the way that he was being utilized last year was just being dropped back with that bad offensive line that he was just getting hit up. No, there's ways you could do things to make sure that this kid is being set up for success, where a play could develop and he's not taking a bunch of punishment. And that's what it's about right there, Perez. I think last year, I know I got to bring it up, but he was actually playing like he was Andy Dominic style. And I think his style is suited for him. And I think that's what we got to continue to do, operate through the style that works for Justin Fields. Yeah. Now, one thing I was wondering, too, with, 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 with Justin now, there was a lot of times on the Nagy where he was running quick game. And I wonder, okay, is that something that gets he's going to look to implement, to try to make sure that he's getting the guy comfortable because that's something that Justin does pretty well. You know what I mean? But I still yeah. think that the bigger potential with this office is those longer developing plays that allow a Pringle, that allow a Darnell Mooney, that allow Vellis Jones to sneak open, right? And those are the right. plays that we need to have in this offense. Absolutely, Perez. We're talking about those plays will move the chain, man, and get you in field goal range easily. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you need to have those kind of plays going on, cooking consistently. And I think we can do that, Perez. We can move the chain, baby. Because you got to think about this. I mean, we, we talk about it so much with young quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, Joe Burrow, he's probably universally considered one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Agreed. That doesn't, and he's got a lot of talent. But coaching is also a big part of that as well. The guy's coached up. The guy's in a system and a scheme that fits his style, that fits his what he likes to do best. And I think the Bears, the biggest thing they could do in 2022 to help Justin Fields is from a scheme standpoint. If they don't do that, then he is not going to reach his full potential here in 2022. Yeah, that's definitely spot on right there. That, and along with him and Getsy being on the same page, that also helps as well. But you're right, Chris. We got to do that, man. Got to scheme well. And I will hope we establish an identity. Because I don't know what the hell identity was last season. I don't even know what it was the past couple of seasons. Well, and, and I talked about quick game a little bit, but you saw the Bengals, they did a lot of that last season because they had a bad offensive line. But that quick game, it mitigated yeah. that. They got the ball out. And they were able to keep defenses off 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 kilter a little bit. 
And of course, they were making plays. Now, I know our office doesn't have a chase. I get it. But we still got Darnell Moody. I think, he's a, I think he's, a, he's, a, he's a comparable player. I think that's somebody that you could probably take some advantages of some of these matchup opportunities when they present themselves. So those are different things you could do. If the offensive line is still an issue and it's still something that we're concerned about, well, then look at what the Cincinnati Bengals did last year. Look at how they put Joe Burrow in situations to succeed. We're looking around. We were making too many excuses last season, what we didn't have. But let's talk about what we do have. And I think that's what you're going down right now, Chris. You're talking about what we do have. Let's take advantage of what the strengths are of the team. Like, that's Donna and Mooney that can get open. Hey, why not hit them? We see Pringle, Bellis, like you just said. Hey, those guys can do damage as well. Hit those guys. So why not play to their strengths and not focus on what we don't have? Let's scheme around that. I just think also it's just going to come down to our play caller and Getty being innovative, being creative, but just also just keeping in mind that you got a guy, Justin, that has a tremendous skill set, just utilize it. You know, just make sure. We, we don't want the buzzwords. Everybody will talk about quarterback-friendly system. That's cool. That's cute. But make sure if that's what the, the premium is or if that's what the focus here is in 2022, that all of the things that I'm bringing up here on this show, I should see each one of those things. I should be checking that off like, okay, A-Dub, they did that one. Boom, check. Yep. Boom, check. Because if I don't see those things, and I'm like, this is all just lip service. But I think what it really comes down to, though, is Luke Getze, the system and scheme that he puts forth. Because we see Justin putting in that work. I mean, audience, you guys have seen the videos. You've seen how him and Darnell Mooney have been linking up. These guys have been at the hip. They've been burning up the, the late the late night, the midnight oil at, at Hallis Hall. So we know that this kid cares. We know that this kid wants to get to the next level. And I think it's going to be very imperative to make sure that we put a system around him to support him. Because I know a lot of people, when they're looking at this receiving core, we have people that were hitting us up saying, hey, Perez, I, we, we get where you guys were coming from, but we don't believe in these receivers. Hey, okay, fine. I get right. it. I get it. I understand where you're coming from. However, for me, I'm rolling with Justin. If Justin feels like they got enough, then, hey, it's enough for me. Yeah. Because if he's yeah. got to work with those guys and he's confident in them, then why would not be confident in them? And I'm with you right there, Perez. He seems, Justin Fields seems very confident in this unit. So it's all about now making sure he knows this unit very well, right? How well is he no Pringle? How well is he no Velas, right? Getting that time with these guys, right, and get that chemistry. So that's going to be important right there. But I think we may have enough. And, again, we don't even know what Byron Pringle is going to do because he didn't get many opportunities at the KC. This guy right here, he's pretty much a diamond in the rough for us. Could so be. There's an opportunity that, hey, Ryan Poles might have found something here on a one-year kind of like take-a-chance type of uh, sign in there. So my thing is we don't really know what we have until we get out there on the grass, which is why it's kind of interesting when Matt Eberflus was trying to get that contact going. You know Matt Eberflus <laughs> is chomping at the bit. He wants to know what he got with this football team. Ain't no, he wants to know. <laughs> hey, look, I'm with um, Eberflus. I want to know too, man. I really do. And the fact that you're trying to give these guys an opportunity – to show us something, man, and then and work with them on it. I think that's the key right there, Perez, because it's all about everyone's development, and you want to see everybody succeed on this team, man. So I'm with Eberflus, man. Hey, consider the challenge status quo, man. I'm with you, Eberflus. <laughs> yes, sir. And then I think also, too, if they can have a balanced attack on offense, keeping the, the defense off the field as much, because we know how what that was like last year, all those three and outs on offense. Yeah. That would kind of help things out a little bit, too, because as, as I mentioned last week, I really think this defense is going to surprise some people. And I know that this is only June, and I'm over here excited about the defense, but I'm just telling you guys, 
I don't think this defense is as far off as everybody thinks it might be. I know losing a Khalil Mack and a Hakeem Hicks and a Bilal Nichols, we lost some big-time guys. I'm not even going to front on that. But I still think that with the system that Ibrafus is bringing in here and the fact that they signed some hungry guys and they got some young guys coming in the mix, don't underestimate the guys that are coming in here with a chip on their shoulder and guys that are looking for an opportunity. Don't, under, don't ever underestimate that chip on the shoulder. But I'm just happy for these young players, too, on this defense. And you hit right on the head, man. These guys run the play for us. And I think our secondary probably can be the, can be the best of what we have seen in, in quite a while. So I'm, I'm kind of happy for the secondary. I really am. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But, again, I think the key, the main key with this whole thing, with Justin having a breakout year here in 2022, was just some of those things that I brought up here. But then also, Darnell Mooney. A lot of people will see here and say, is he a number one? I don't think he's a number one. Well, I'll tell you one thing, he better be up for the challenge of it because that's going to be a big part of Justin Fields here in 2022. If Darnell Mooney can take that step, then I think Justin Fields is going to have a really phenomenal year. The bank is open, baby. <laughs> I'm telling you, Prez. I think so. I, I really believe that Money Moon can take that next step. Again, doesn't mean it's going to be a, a true number one, but still a step above what he did last season. He got a chance to, you know, carry the, the carry the weight press of being a number one. I think now he knows what he needs to do. He and, you know, Justin Fields, you already talked about, got a lot of work in together. I think they're going to take their game to the next level because those two got some good chemistry going on. I just want to see it get better on the field with it. So I'm looking forward to that. Money Moon, Justin Fields, connection. Well, because we saw what he did last year. Last year as a wide receiver, too. Hit over a thousand yards. He was uh, the top wide out on the team last year. Yep. And obviously, Justin Fields' favorite target. These guys seem like they have a really good chemistry with one another. I guess for me, it's just going to be a matter of if Darnell Mooney is ready for the challenge. I think that's just the biggest thing. Is he going to embrace the challenge? Which, honestly, bro, from everything you're hearing about him, you you, you know that the guy's going to come here. He's going to bust his ass. Right. You know I mean? So the work is not the problem, right? That putting the work in. It's all about the execution on the field because these two are together putting the work in together, Chris. So if it carries over to the field, we won't be surprised at all. One thing that I do like about Darnell Mooney is he's an, unself he's an unselfish guy because one comment that I hear him, I heard him make a dub is he talked about if for some reason a team does decide to double team him, he's got no problem with being a decoy to help things, help open things up for other guys on the team. Now, that right there is not an attitude that you hear from a lot of wide receivers in the NFL that still want to find a way for the ball to get to them. <laughs> so I like that because yeah. that's showing you here, that's leadership. That's also a guy that's showing you maturity. And I love that. I love to see that. So, hey, I don't think that Darnell Mooney is like the ideal number one receiver. But, hey, on this offense, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too, Fred. That just shows to me that that's a kid who ain't going to quit on no plays either. He's going to finish it out, man, as a decoy. Not just quit. Yeah, so I like listen to all this. We got a lot of time. We got a lot of time to talk about this team. There's so many different developments. There's things that we don't even notice even happening, things that are brewing, things that may even happen, changes that may happen to this roster. We don't know. This is just June that we're talking. But as I see here talking to you guys on this show right now, these are the things that I really think realistically we could do to help facilitate. Justin Fields taking things up to that next level. Because like I tell right. you, A-Dub, the guys got the talent. Now it's just a matter about putting that shit out there on the field, putting everything together. You mix that talent with that skill, Prez? Oh, woo-wee! You got something special going on with Justin Fields. And I think you hit it on the head, man. We can put it all together, Prez. 
would not be a shocker to you or I if Justin Fields has like, some good success in, 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 in this upcoming season, man. So we will see what happens. You're right. Still early, though. Still early. Still a lot of work to be done. But I'm quite sure, man, I will say I think this kid's on the right track. I do, too. I do, too. QB1 in the house. Hey, Justin, we we we, uh, we live and die with you, brother. And we always tell people on this show, hey, this is a Justin Fields podcast. Justin Fields is our guy over here. And my thing is, I just look forward to the day that you put Justin Fields in a system where he's going to be successful and we can see that potential that we all know that he has. Because there's been a lot of people that's been talking crazy about Justin Fields. There's been people out here talking about how he's going to be a bust or how he is just okay quarterback and this and that. And you know Justin's listening to that shit, and I hope yeah. he is. You know what I'm saying? I know some people say, oh, tune it out. No, Justin, the type of cat, he hears that shit, it's going to motivate him. And that's what you do. You take that, well, I, well, take it for what it is, what people are saying, and like you say, Prince, use it as motivation, man. And there's nobody that I've seen is more confident and work as hard as Justin Fields. And we already heard about what the team is saying, about how hard he works. Man, he's hitting the talk. He's ready for the challenge. And I'm quite sure Justin Fields is going to, you know, Sam, he's going to show us what he's able to do, Perez. I tell you one thing, he's got the respect of his teammates, don't he? I mean, every yeah. time somebody talks about him, what they say, hardworking, leader, stepping up. Those are all good components. That's what you want to hear someone saying about your quarterback. The quarterback is the most important part of your damn team. Yeah, absolutely, Perez. Definitely the most important part of the team. And it seems like Justin Fields has came into this season, Perez, this year, differently. And we could be hearing so much about how much better he's gotten, man, already. And it's like, man, it's just the offseason. And we're talking about how much better he's gotten. So every time you and I talk about Justin Fields, I get fired up, Perez. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to see this dude. No, that's why I said I can't wait to train the camp. So shit, man, even Flus. Hey, me and A-Dub, we feel the same way you do. We want to see this thing out on the field. Hey, I want to see some contact because one of my biggest complaints about some of the previous training camps that we would go to is the lack of contact. And I know a lot of the guys, they don't want to get beat up over the summer. So a lot of the players, they kind of enjoy those practices where it's not a lot of hitting. But I'll tell you one thing, after Lovey Smith, those are some physical practices. <laughs> I know a lot of players were getting hurt. They had a lot of hamstring injuries in, in the Lovey Smith administration. But I'll tell you what, they were... One thing that people can't say about those Lovey Smith, they played through the whistle, they were physical, and they were opportunistic on defense. And I want to get back to that. So if this is what Ibrahim wants to have with this defense to get them to that type of level, then I guess he goes want to make sure that he's going to have a chippy, very physical practices out there at Hallis Hall this summer. Hey, bring on the physicality, baby. That's what we want to see anyway, friends. Get back to the old Bears, man, where they play physical, play strong, and, and you know, and finish, like you said, finish plays, man. That's what we want to get back to right there on defense. Yeah, because all this finesse shit, man, they can have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's boring, man. It creates no excitement for me, man. It's too boring. It's, it's not the Chicago way, friends. It's not how we do things here. No, nah, we need to bring back the monsters, man. And I'm not trying to sound like a meathead audience on this podcast, but we got to get this thing back to what it used to be. What it used to be here. As everybody knew, when you was coming to Chicago, it was going to be a dogfight. You were going to get punched in the mouth. They were going to run the football. And we got away from those things. We got to get back to our identity. So to the point that you made earlier on this show and things that we talked about in the past, this football team has to have an identity. When people come to Chicago or when Chicago comes to town, you need to know what type of team you're going to be facing and what you're going to be dealing with. And we got to make sure that that starts now. That starts now, ain't dumb. It starts yep. here in these OTAs. It starts here in these mini camps. It starts at training camp. That's where you form that identity. 
And that's why I got to give coaching credit, Perez, because they're already thinking about that already. Like, look, we're going to establish something right now. <laughs> Even the league don't agree with it. Well, the league, the players, it don't matter. But <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. They don't care, man. But I'm with the coaching staff, man. I think that's what they want to do. Well, listen, audience, as always, we appreciate, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of our show. On next week's episode, we're going to break down the remaining parts of the OTAs. But A-Dub, man, hey, well, we wanted to just give the audience a little something here because it's kind of a slower time here in the, in the timeline for the Bears. But we wanted to give you guys a little something. And this just the Fields piece was something I had been thinking about a while, for a while, A-Dub, because everybody yeah. talks about, oh, Justin Fields is going to have a big year. He's going to have a breakout year. But a lot of people don't take the time to really break out besides the, the one or two buzzwords that everybody says when it comes to his game. They don't really take the time to really break down ways that we can really uncover the best opportunities for Justin Fields in 2022. So that's what we wanted to do here on this show, audience. Hey, mission accomplished, friends. Yes, sir. Hey, audience, again, and thanks for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're the Bears Central, and we are out.